This is Dave Meltzer, and on the next episode of The Playbook, I sit down with one of my favorite punters ever. He's a good-looking, smart, intelligent, and most importantly, vulnerable athlete who has made a huge career for himself as a fitness entrepreneur. He will tell you what the best gift you can give to your children is, as well as the importance of training your mind like you train your physique. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer, CEO of Sports One Marketing, here with Entrepreneur of the Playbook. And I have a new soulmate, a uh, pretty good looking one, Steve Weatherford. <laughs> My brother. An entrepreneur, a punter. I got in trouble, just we'll get onto the kicker side real quick. Do you know who Scott Kaplan is here in San Diego? He's the yeah, 1090. He does, he does uh, the radio CBS. show, comes to my charity event. Scott's <laughs> exactly. a great guy. Great guy. So I'm on the phone with Scott. I do a little bit of business coaching with him. I've invested in his sided company as well. Right okay. I, I love the guy. And he's on the phone and he's talking to his daughter and she got hurt. And so he's like, well, honey, you know, if your ankle's too sore, don't play in the game. And he keeps on going on and on. I'm thinking in my head, this is such a kicker. <laughs> Listen, you know, like, and that's why I lift weights to look how I look. So, like, if I look tough, then people won't challenge me because if they challenge me, I'm probably going to be in trouble because there's a little softness to me. Is and God give me four daughters. Yeah. Oh, I only got three. So, I got my I, last boy. I love it. Are you done it. with four? No, I think we're going to. My wife wants to have another boy. So Yeah, the boy's coming. Yeah. It is. She wants to round you up. least my, expect it. My, son, my son's the oldest, and then I have four daughters, and then she wants, she wants oh, another perfect. boy. So we're praying for that. I'll pray for you as well. Well, anyway, we were talking about skills, knowledge, and desire, and you had really a great football career, but but it ends. And I coach a lot of people going that are stuck, not into the league yet, mm-hmm. and then they're in the league, but they're not getting what they want out of it, and then, of course, getting out of it. And I think the biggest problem with athletes is they attach their happiness and their identity to playing football. Oh, so much. I mean... I can really trace it back for me like to five years old was like the moment that I realized I was like different, not different, like look different, talk different, walk different, like my brain was different. And I could, I went to school and got in trouble every single day of kindergarten for the first five days. And I remember coming home on a Friday and just crying on my mom's lap and being, mom, I like, I'm so different. It's so hard for me to not get in trouble. And it like really hurt because I just wanted to go to school and be a good boy and not get in trouble like everybody else. But with like extreme ADHD, it was really difficult for me. And and I'm not saying my parents did anything wrong, but the the only time I really, and my parents were wonderful, but the only time I really felt celebrated or worthy of like love and attention and adoration and encouragement is when I was playing sports. Because between the chalk lines or on the track or on the basketball court, I was dominant and it wasn't because I was bigger or stronger. I was just winning and losing to me were the world because if you attach your self-worth to winning and losing, you're going to try harder, you're going to train harder, and you're going to take it more serious than any other kid that exists because if you lose, you feel like you're completely worthless and you don't belong around, you don't deserve your life. And so I attached my self-worth to winning and losing, which drove me to you know, four-sport All-State and then go to college and two-sport All-American, then go to the pros, play for 10 years, and all the awesome, amazing blessings that I've been able to achieve because of my insatiable drive to like be the best and to win. Um, 
But looking back on my life and going through like the last year and a half of my life, really trying to figure out like what I want my legacy to be. And, and I'm very clear about it now is I, I want to be so inspirational and so impactful and so helpful in people in becoming their, their best self, whether that's a dad, whether that's a mom, whether that's a sports agent, a doctor, a garbage man, a fireman, a policeman, it doesn't matter. I want you to be able to realize the blessings that you have around you because I didn't enjoy any of my sports career because it was always, you know, get into the NFL. Okay, I'm in the NFL. I don't celebrate it because now you have to, you know, get these statistics. And, and then once you get these statistics, let's, okay, let's get to four years in the NFL because if, you know, the, the league average contract. is 3.1 <laughs> and I just wanted to get vested. I yeah, wasn't yeah. even worried about my second contract. And then once you get to, you're vested in your fourth year, okay, let me get a million dollars in the bank. And then once you do that, then it's like, you know, when, let me win a Super Bowl. You know, let me play for 10 years. Let me get a, you know, $13 yeah. million dollar contract. And you just keep checking all these things off your list. And my life, be like my goals weren't goals anymore. They became a to-do list, and nobody celebrates a to-do list. Like go pick up dry cleaning, right, right. go pick up the kids from school, go pick up groceries. Nobody celebrates that. And so my goals, I interpreted them as to-do lists. So I would achieve amazing things, Dave, and never celebrate them because it was on to the next thing, right. on to the to to-do list. And then when your football career, you decide like. You know, this is unfulfilling to me. Like, this isn't fun anymore. There's got to be more out there for in life for me. And that's when I discovered, you know, my skill and my passion for, for helping people via health and wellness. And now I'm transitioning from health and wellness into so much more in 2019. But I just don't want anybody to ever live the life that I lived as a pro athlete because I should have so many incredible memories. And the only great memories I have is when I look back at pictures because in that moment I was never able to acknowledge myself for the accomplishment because that was my entire self-worth. So if I didn't win, I was worthless. And yeah. and if I did win, the majority of the time I'm giving all the credit to my coaches, to my teammates, to my wife for supporting me, for my friends for making sacrifices. Never. And if I lost, it was complete ownership and depression sets in, anxiety sets yeah. in, you're worthless, you know, the conversations in your head start rolling. That's a terrible way to live. You brought up two things. One was ADHD, which I think is interesting because I study the mind a lot. I study the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. and. You know, a lot of people throw drugs at ADHD. Mm -hmm. Adderall is a huge issue today sure. for recreational use and purposeful use. Um, I have ADHD. Clinically, it could be proven. And I felt that the definition of that disease for me was that my mind was moving faster than my it. mouth could, right? Rip. And, and you just it. went through the diatribe of how I do an interview, or Bobby Bell's another one from the Kansas City Chiefs. I love the interview. I go, Bobby Bell, you can interview in 20 minutes. Just ask one question. How are you doing today, Bobby? And he goes on and on, like you. So the first issue you know, is trying to control that because as a punter, you have to be focused. But sure. the bigger issue that you brought up is the biggest issue for people in the world is I've always attached my happiness to an outcome. Mm -hmm. First million, I'll be happy. When I, for me, I'm not as good as you, but man, if I could start in high school, I was going to be happy. If I could make it to college and play, right. happy. If I could start in college, captain of the team, NFL, like, I would be happy. And then my whole 20-year career as a football player, right? I played till I was 22 years old, got a scholarship to college. Right. I'm an average football player. But 
I looked at that time, I was so disappointed in my freshman year when Christian Okoye ran me over because I knew I wasn't gonna make it to the NFL. Mm -hmm. And all my self-identity worth, I'd put my distinctive behavior from all my siblings who were Ivy Leaguers into this vested interest of an outcome. So here's what I've learned, and you said the word three times, enjoyment. Right. The, the life is about, and, and you're incredible at this, the enjoyment of the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential as a father, as a business person, as a philanthropist, and you're able now to somehow transition what used to be an outcome-driven life to understand that you still have outcomes, there's still a pursuit, sure. but you're enjoying the pursuit, not the outcome. And you don't have to go back, I don't go back and look at pictures. Everyone else does, I used to, I used to look the same way, right? To, and now I don't because I'm very present in enjoying the pursuit sure. of whatever I'm doing. What do you enjoy today in the same you know, fire-driven pursuit that you did back then to you know, create this worthy outcome that you were trying to create? Uh, it's, it's interesting, because I'm in the season of my life right now, David, where um, for the first time ever, I'm able to detach myself from the result, kind of like as you were talking about, and, and really start to appreciate myself for all the skills that I have, all the, you know, the generosities that I bring, the kindness that I bring, but not, not spend 95% of my time glaring at what my weaknesses are. The fact that I'm self-centered, the fact that I'm not a good listener, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to do more and be more instead of being present. And those are things about myself that I really don't like and I get to work on those things. Um, but to your question, it's being a dad. I, I mean, I really just love being a dad and I think because I've been on such this kind of, this inner journey and I'm really trying to train my mind the same way I trained my physique to perform and to look a certain type of way. I spent 22 years in the gym working an hour and a half minimum a day for 22 years. You know, I didn't take too many days off and, and now I'm, I'm building my schedule to where I can spend time working on myself and, and I know and I'm realizing that being vulnerable with you or being vulnerable with people on the street is not weakness. And you, know, you grow up in Indiana and you know you got, I don't want to say my dad was hardcore, but he's old school. He's an old school dad, just like your yeah, dad probably yeah. was. Yeah. And just like, you know, they unknow, they think they're doing the right thing by kind of like attaching results to good and bad. But at the end of the day, it's, I'm a good person whether or not I win a Super Bowl. I'm a good person whether or not I'm a garbage man. I'm a good person whether or not I hit the snooze button this morning. Because right. that's honestly, that's that is when the self beat up starts for me. Is if I even touch the snooze button, I already started my day on on a on a bad step. You You'd know be what proud I mean? of me. I never touched the snooze button. But it's interesting you brought up dads. For me, my I'm Ohio kid. Was born in Akron, Ohio, not too far from Terre Haute. Yeah. But until recently, my dad never told me he was proud of me. All the things that I did. You can go ahead, look at my CV. My dad passed away last year. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me, you know, in my mid-ages, mid, mid -ages, when I was your age, at 30-something, that I never saw my dad cry but once. And I had blacked it out. When my mom moved us to California, I turned around getting on the airplane to leave Ohio to go to San Diego. And I it didn't come to me till my 30s. I saw my dad crying, which meant so much. I still get choked up. It meant so much because... It was the only time that my dad was vulnerable to me. Mm -hmm. Other times, he's just tough on me. 
Right. And I'm a man I am today because of the good and the bad that he did to me. 100%. But the weird one was I started realizing when he passed that my dad never told me. He was proud of me. My wife went to a psychic because her dad passed. And they had a bet that my wife believes in past lives. Her dad did not. He said, when you're done, you're done, which mm -hmm. to me is depressing. You know, you've got a choice to pick which two. Why not pick the one that makes you happy right. and I live forever? Mm -hmm. But so she gets this you know, download channeling lady. And sure enough, talking to her dad and some guy comes in. She goes, oh, someone's coming in. He's, he's very pushy. And sure enough, it's my dad coming through, right? You know how the channel, you've sure. seen these medium shows? Yeah. Right, so it says, yeah, Dave's dad's, I'm not there. My wife calls me crying. She goes, you're not gonna believe this. Your dad came through. He had to put his two cents in about a Christmas tree. And then he told me, make sure you tell Dave that I'm proud of him. I'm like super, he goes, I'm, he actually said, I'm in awe of him and I've always been proud of him. So I'm 51 years old, I'm getting choked up here right now because I still have the insecurity that I need my dead father's approval of what I'm achieving right now. And I teach this stuff to people, I try to help them, but I still am in the space in my mind. So as I'm listening to you, you're about to go through a quantum shift because you come to a self-realization and actualization that, hey, wait a second, if I start expressing these things, like hitting the snooze button, mm -hmm. that I'm gonna be able to process them over time and they're not gonna bother me or get in my own way. And hopefully, because your children are the most important, this dad role, mm -hmm. this pursuit, hopefully they won't have that same thing. 100%, I mean, and I have a question for you because sure. um, my dad up until, it was about nine weeks ago, my dad was in town visiting. It's the first time he's visited me in California since we moved out here about a year and a half ago. And I asked him to come to men's prayer with me at my church at 5.30 a.m. on Tuesday, a church called C3. And uh, if you're in the Southern California area, I'll see you there at 5.30. But I'll my dad, yeah, it's, <laughs> I get, it's I got powerful. Joel Olstein Sunday. Right on. I'm going to meet him for the first time. That's amazing, watch that dude. He's, he's a superhero yeah. in my book. Cool. <laughs> So I go, uh, and my dad agrees to come with me. My dad's a Christian. He's a great dad, but he was hardcore. You know, seems like your dad is, and my dad's never told me he was proud of me either. You know, I'm like looking back at the decisions that I made and the pursuits, these different pursuits that uh, that I've been on, and that was the first time. Nine weeks ago was the first time. Like we we prayed about it, and uh, we're both crying. My dad's like, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't even realize. I just wanted the best for you, but I, I'm so proud of you. He didn't even realize. Have you ever it. seen him cry before? I think the last time was when his dad died, like maybe 17 years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's so not that was the first uh, emotional cry that he had that wasn't for, for something sure, sad. For sure, because it was, uh, I'm sure there was like a little bit of like um, regret and, and sadness, but the fact that like I'm a grown man and, and I'm a dad now, I've got more kids than my dad does. <laughs> right, he had four, you know? Yeah. Uh, great grandfather, he's just a, a good role model for me, um, but that was a component that was a generational curse passed down to him from his dad. Yeah. And so my, my stand and the reason like on social media that I share as much of my, you know, behind the scenes life with my family and with my wife is because nobody talks about depression. Like somebody like me, like professional athletes, celebrities, social media influencers, they don't talk about their weaknesses because we go on social media and we want to talk about all the great things that we do. This is the business that I built and sold. This is, you know, this is my new car. This is my new watch. These are my friends. Look, I'm with this celebrity and it's all self-promotion, self-promotion. And I'm not saying I don't have a degree of that as well because I absolutely do. Sure. There's sometimes I go on social media 
and I post something just because I'm feeling bad about myself and I can't wait to read the comments. I mean, that's just being real. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we, we laugh about it, but I know I'm not the only person that does that. And I know there's a lot of people out there that struggle with depression, that struggle with self-worth, that struggle with their identity, that struggle with anxiety. And I'm making it my, like my declaration in 2019 to talk, to talk about my struggles more, to talk about, you know, when I'm having one of those dark days where, you know what, I look at my life and my, my family and my business and my health and my relationship, they're all awesome. My marriage has never been better than it is in this moment as I sit on this set with you. Two days ago, I had like one of the worst days ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I woke up and I'm freaking smacking the snooze. I go to the gym and I'm like totally going through the motions and I'm like, you know what? Let me pull my phone out because these are the types of days I want to take my phone and I want to throw it in the ocean because I don't want to look at text messages because in my mind, I convince myself that everybody's taking from me and nobody really oh, values yeah. me as a person. They, they just want to, to take, offended, take, right? take, 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 yeah. take. And so I don't want to go on social media and I don't want to post anything on social media because I don't want to be seen. I just want to curl up in a ball. I want to go in the corner and I just want to be alone. And so I decided to like pull my phone out as cringy as it was for me to do and, and talk about that. And man, my comment section just lit up and it was liberating for me because I was actually able to just get behind from behind the shadow that I'm creating for myself and be seen in my most vulnerable state when I'm struggling the most. And I probably got 700 direct messages in the next 24 hours from people like, oh my God, this changed my life. And it wasn't like some super eloquent thing I said, sure. but I was just like, Real. I'm really struggling today and I know I'm not the only person. And to be able for other people to be able to see somebody that they look up to, somebody that you know has a beautiful family and is you know financially secure and you know building a business and impacting people's lives and philanthropic foundations, all this stuff, on paper, my life looks perfect, but nobody's life is perfect. And I think it's about time for people like you and me to, to cut the shit and keep it real yeah. and share the struggles because we're not relatable. You're not relatable. You're wicked successful. Yeah. Like even when you're walking this door today, I'm like, man, I got to be on my A game. This dude's, a, <laughs> this dude's a stud, you know, because that's my own self-worth right. talking like you're right. not good enough to we're be on separate. his show. He's not good. You know what I mean? All the, these other things where I'm like comparing myself to you at the end of the day, that's so awesome. you're a freaking amazing human spirit that wakes up every single day that tries to add value to other people's lives. And I'm the same way, but I get to acknowledge myself finally for that. You know yeah, what I mean? You nailed, there's a book by David Corbin, who's one of my mentors. You know, I life coach and business coach a lot of successful people, not mm -hmm. just athletes, right. CEOs, and we all have the exact same shit, right? And there's this book called Illumination that talks about what human beings want is for us to illuminate the real parts. Right. And so I encourage you to keep, because so many people look up to you for what you do, me for what I do, and it's really important for them to know that there's struggles. I, I laugh when you started talking about cringing to go on right. because there's some days I am so excited to jump on my Instagram. It, it almost like just share this positive and then it's like I, I have this terrible need to be offended sometimes and I feel like everyone's pulling. And meanwhile, I'm on a platform that says I wake up every morning, which I do no matter what, pray to God for 10 people to help. I'm on that, that's my journey, to be of service, to add value, and to trust the universe. But I keep on telling people, I'm on the same journey, that's what I'm pursuing. When I get off my trajectory, in between here, this void, this shortage, this obstacle, can create depression. And every single one of my clients, when we get into an intimate 
close relationship, they won't do it on camera, mm. has told me that exact same story. And these are people that we know their names, that we think their lives are perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, and there is no per perfect life. There's just the enjoyment of the pursuit of a perfect life. Right. And if you can enjoy it where the trick for me, and I'm older than you, is that I've been able to take that and get right back on the track faster. I, right. I almost, shift, I'm competitive. out of it. Yeah, get back on, I call it getting back to center, which is why I meditate in the morning. Mm -hmm. But the, the difference in my life now is I get to those ego things like fear, anxiety, depression, the need to be offended, the need to be right. Mm -hmm. I have the best marriage ever. Sometimes I'm a jerk. Right. Right, and then I feel bad about myself because I've outkicked my coverage. Mm. I'm right there <laughs> with you, analogy. man. I'm right there with you. But, and, I, and then I'm like, I walk away, and what I'm better at now at 51 is not accelerating through that into all kinds of snowballed things I don't want to say, think, right. or do. I, instead of reacting anymore, I just take my time, I go back to center, and I've learned quickly to shift not only my energy, but my physiology, we were talking about uh, Aubrey Marcus, he taught me, hey, there's two parts to it, Dave. You're really good mentally, but you gotta let your body calm down too. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of secreted you know, adrenaline yeah. that are going through you. That's why you still feel bad, even though your mind's like, why do I feel like crap? Mm -hmm. I know this is wrong, this is an illusion. This is just my insecurity. Why do I physically feel bad? Last question, because my show's a little shorter than yours. <laughs> and we'll do this again. Um, we talked about quantum shift. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think the biggest shift is gonna be in the next five years of your life? If you, you know, kind of, you're present now, you see all the growth and evolution, where do you see that next five years, what you want to pursue for yourself, that, that big shift that's gonna help, not only you, but everyone else? Uh, I think the, the biggest quantum shift, and it's something that, you know, after prayer and just a, like a lot of a lot of time alone, which is not something I normally give myself, um, because if I'm alone, then that means the only person talking you. is the person in my head. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I'm with you. I'm afraid to be alone. <laughs> and for me, I think the biggest quantum shift in the next five years for me, for my legacy, and for my impact on other people is going to be my service to to entrepreneurs and my service to fathers, mainly fathers, um, because I feel like you know, like if you wake up. And one day and you're like, man, I want to change the world. Like, how does that happen? It doesn't, you can't just go out and hope and wish really hard. Like there has to be a tangible business plan, regardless if it's an actual business or it's a, just a plan to get something done. You have to start with, with a plan. And so like my vision is to massively impact and shift the way that we parent our kids right now, because the way we were parented 30 years ago, led us to where we're at right now. And I don't think, you know, where we're at is the worst place ever. There's a lot of amazing things for men like you and me and, you know, men in their, their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Like, we get stuff done. We are results-oriented. We are goal-getters. We're doers. But the biggest shift that I want to, to have is to be able to impact those fathers in such an intimate, vulnerable way and actually give them actionable steps to create a championship culture in their marriage, a championship culture in their relationship with their kids, in their relationships at work, and create championship culture in their finances and then ultimately in their life. And, and that's what I am most excited for getting into and creating in 2019. And I believe that that's going to comprise the majority of the next four years of my life because guess what? There's a lot of dads out there. And yeah. there's a lot of dads out there that 
that could benefit in such a massive way from people like you and me. And I'm essentially gonna be the catalyst to bring amazing dads together for dads like me that need a mentor, that need tangible, actionable steps and actually give them the tools that they need to be able to sit down with their son and look him dead in the eyes and say, David, I'm so proud of you. You are so amazing. You are so gifted. You are so beautiful. You are so kind. You are so generous. Yeah. To be able to receive that from your dad is better than any car he'll buy you when you're 16 years old. It's better than any college that he could send you to, any pair of Jordans that he could buy you if your dad would sit and look you in your eyes and tell you how proud of you he is. I give that gift to my son every day. The hair is standing up on my back. Yeah, I am too, <laughs> it's but awesome. it's a gift. It's true. It's well, the greatest thing you could ever do for your kids. And I agree, and I think you know, there's three reasons why you'll be able to do it, because what it takes to do it is something that you're really good at. And through your whole life, it's the inherent, we talk about this unconscious competency. And to finish up, you know, we have Steve Weatherford, his expertise that I've learned today is one, discipline, two, strategy, and then three, awareness. And I think you as a catalyst to bring discipline, strategy, and awareness to fathers and entrepreneurs to be able to help them through the takes we both discussed extreme discipline, a great strategy, but also awareness, which is an elevated vibration, it, which comes from the pursuit of the truth, right? The truth vibrates the fastest. I know that challenged our friend Gary V, but it does. And 100%. we get to that truth of love, integrity. That's why when you look your, eye, your son in the eye and tell him, I love you, I'm proud of you, I'm here for you, right? It's not gonna be easy, but you can do it. That to me is what you're gonna be able to do for many other fathers. And even me, as a father, you've inspired me today, so I know you have that gift. I hate to close this out, but we're gonna do this again. I got a new soul brother, my favorite punter. <laughs> you heard Sorry, that, Pat Ray, guys. Sorry, Pat McAfee. <laughs> now Pat's never gonna have me on the show, but Dave Melzer with Steve Weatherford here on Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.